you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everybody, before your show, this is Alex Gellhar from the Fantasy Live Podcast telling you to check out our latest episode where we talk about preseason football. It's back and we've got some takes for you guys. We also dive into the AFC North and add more listeners to the fan leagues. Check out the episode on NFL.com slash podcast, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. Now enjoy your show. The Around the NFL Podcast. Secretly pines to open a lakeside bed and breakfast. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Colleen Wolf, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? And woman, woman with a Y, not an A. Hey, Dan. <laughs> Dan, I don't know about you in a hat. I am, no, I look good in a hat. But this is not the hat. <laughs> this is the wrong hat. This was a hat that was just you in the car. Don't look good in this hat. No. I, and by the way, come at me. I brought this up before the show. Certain hats you know, are terrible hats. This is a bad hat. It's an NFL giveaway hat. Super Bowl 48. It's like a gym hat. And uh, I didn't have the product in my hair. didn't have it controlled. The quaff. I need a haircut. Mm. How long have you had that in your car? A couple weeks. My wife yelled at me over the weekend because it was a bad hat as well. Dad hat. Listen to her. It's a dad hat. <laughs> it is. Look, see, even the front of it, like you can collapse it because it's so puffed out in the top. You're all dad-like where Colleen's just hanging loose in her Bob well, Marley it's shirt. it's my off day, yeah. but I'm here for you guys. Wait, I thought you were in today. No, I'm off. Oh, now That's why bad. I rolled in like this. <laughs> oh, wow. We thank you for filling in on uh, yes. short notice. Mark Sessler has things. He is also off, uh, and he was going to come in, but he couldn't, so picked up the bat phone. Got Connie Fox on the line. We haven't had you on enough lately. It's been a little while. Gotta get well, you, you know, Connie's starting to really make waves in the industry. It's true. Uh, particularly. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're hearing? With NFL media. Cause <laughs> she has sparrows. You've been not even sparrows, just the television. Switch it on. Yeah. And there's Connie at Rams camp doing dispatches, looking very professional, even punching back at the man by it's, not, not wearing the polo shirts. I didn't wear the polo. 
That was very yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I I did a couple hits last week with Ian uh, Rappaport, and he was like, it's weird to see you professional. And I'm <laughs> like, really? That really, sounds, Ian? That sounds like Ian. <laughs> you two had some chemistry there. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I said, you know, Colleen is doing a great job when she makes Ian seem human. <laughs> <laughs> That's did. what I meant. <laughs> I uh, can't believe you. I think I got texts from all of you. Maybe not Wes, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I just tweet out your work. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, we, we got to get Ian back on the show. Just check in on, on uh, how he's doing, especially in light of this, this new partnership. Yeah, I brought his suits back to the office. I mean, we're basically wow. best really? friends now. Yeah, well, that's good. Have the shadowy league figures come down on you for refusing to wear the polos? I've just been trying to fly under the <laughs> radar. Well, you know what? I heard <laughs> I heard something that it's almost weird that, that any of the women wear the polos because it's not required of the women and they almost think it's a weird maybe maybe that's that hasn't been communicated out but but that's what i heard well the after the first day i didn't wear the polo i came in and there was a stack of polos Mm. like in the dressing room area classic uh corpo message right so i didn't wear the the next day and then somebody said oh they were just in there like for an option next week you're gonna come in it'll be a horse's head (laughs) (laughs) with the polo on the horse (laughs) by the way wes is wearing the polo we're talking about he is well, you know my policy. If you give me free clothing, I will wear it. Amen. Amen, brother. Dream out loud. Uh, nice episode today. Friday episode. Um, TGIF, Greg. Thank God it's Friday. <laughs> we'll be doing Friday shows the next uh, three weeks, I believe, throughout the preseason. Next three weeks, Friday shows. Yep, absolutely true, because we want to be able to react to some of the preseason games, which we'll do today. Because fo- football began on Thursday with uh, some preseason contests. Although, don't get too upset, everybody out there. And you should read my Friday end around column where I talk about that very thing, uh, self-promotion. Uh, these results don't matter, but there are things to look for, and that's what we're going to talk about. There's certainly things to take out of preseason games, just not the final scores. I always get so excited for preseason, and like I sit down and start watching, and then I remember it's preseason. I kind of feel the same. Oh, yeah. Every time. But, uh, Greg, you do a nice job. I do notice in your excellent What We Learned uh, piece that you wrote last night, I don't think there was a single final score in the What We Learned. Oh, yeah, you don't have to worry yeah, about that. Who good. cares? Anyway, so we will talk about what happened on Thursday, uh, several games um, took place. Also, we wanted to touch on something that came out earlier this week, but it's interesting, so we should talk about it. ESPN, ESPN's quarterback rankings, um, which if it was just you know some you know reporter, jabroni, some jabron uh, over at the uh, worldwide leader giving his rankings like stuff that we do or you right. do every week. Are you calling him right. just I, I would be that jabroni. I mean, this isn't – I think you're right. This yeah. isn't even ESPN. This, this is really the NFL. This is Mike Sando, I believe, reaching out to all the coaches uh, and various front office personnel across the NFL landscape. So while this is not a perfect list, it definitely has some more credibility. What's so funny, Colleen? No, nothing. Kind of, kind of a smirk. <laughs> not my hat? No. Well, you keep itching your head, too. It's itchy. It's, like... <laughs> it's not a good hat. Gets right, that, it's that Bob Marley shirt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What are, what you, are saying? you saying? What are you saying? I think you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so we will, yes, talk about the ESPN quarterback rankings and uh, see if we agree, disagree, and what have you. Uh, but before that, we do have to hit a little bit of news. And to do that, not only is Mark Sessler out today, Mark floating around with his MacBook, his new MacBook. He's a Japanese anime character now um, through Los Angeles. Uh, also out today, the Irishman in his place. 
Sully. What's up, ladies and gents? And you're wearing one of my favorite. You wear these different fishing shirts. <laughs> I have the I have the white one does. on today. You have Sully, Sean Sullivan, who does great work here. Uh, a real a utility man. <laughs> he likes windbreakers too a lot. He likes windbreakers. I do like he windbreakers. likes things that are Polish. orange or or lime green. Well, he has That's three of the same exact shirt. Uh, right, their fishing shirts. You open up in his closet; it's just like seventy-three versions of the fishing <laughs> shirt. It's color coordinated. Too. Off-white color, which you're wearing today, right? Yes, yes, white. You have the uh, green shirt. It's like a um, what kind of green? Would you call like it? flavorized uh, lime? Yes, yeah, lime green yeah, shirt. It's, it's it's an ugly lime green. Though. And then the third one is uh, I have a Tennessee one. Oh, it's Tennessee balls. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a good look. All right, let's yeah. do some news. It's football time. <laughs> Way better. That was a good one. Irishman, look out. <laughs> Sully's coming for the title. Living in America. I worked Love I worked it. hard on that and I uh yeah, it's it's uh I'm stoked. That I'm was stoked the, it's back. That was Sully's entire work uh week this week. <laughs> Just, uh, it, it's well done. Yeah. Just the right amount of over the top. All right, here we go. Uh one big news item before we get into what we talked about uh earlier. Tyrod Taylor is under contract or extension with the Buffalo Bills, signs a six year deal, but of course, and, you know, what I've been talking about, this frustrates me. It's not really a six-year deal. I don't really know what it is. But this is, <laughs> as from, from what I can understand, this is a, a raise. All right, six years, $92 million, it says. It sounds, <laughs> sounds like a lot. Which is outrageous. Yeah. And, and the reason it's outrageous is because it's not even real. It might as well say 37 years for $7 trillion. Because it would be the same <laughs> nonsense. But really what it is, Greg, and help me out with this. You're good with this stuff. And you were talking to your boy Barnwell on Twitter, I saw. Uh, nine million. Wow. Nine million this year. <laughs> yep. Was nine a, and a half. Jeez. That wasn't a shot. Seemed like it. Was it? A little disparaging. No, no, no I shot. No, I mean, it was a little condescending, it's but fine. Not at all. <laughs> look, we're hardly insiders. No. All right, but you're smart guys. Nine and a half million this year, which is a substantial raise, but it's still far less than any any premier quarterback. It's even less than Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then a twenty-seven million dollar figure next year, but he'll never play under that figure. Correct. No, I, I think he does have a chance to play under that figure. I'm so confused. Well, the problem is when we're taping this podcast, we don't even have all the details. But the reality is he got a raise this year to a well-deserved raise from 3 to $9.5 million. He is now getting paid less than Ryan Fitzpatrick, 24th on the list of average uh, salary. So he, he is very low on there. Then it, it turns into an option where they can pick up a long-term deal which essentially would be, what, five years, $85 million. Who knows, uh, something around $18, $17 million a year, which is about average for the starting quarterback. I suspect all that $27 million is is the first year. The second year will be much lower. It'll basically be a two- or three-year extension that they can pick up that option. He's going to have to play well to get it, but I think he has a chance. If Does that op- makes sense? <clears throat> yes, yeah. a little bit. If Albert- this is a one-year $9.5 million contract. Right. Right. But, but I think there's a decent chance. This is if- where we disagree. If he plays well, that they'll get it. They, they wouldn't give it to him otherwise. You- How can you say Here's it without the seeing the third and the fourth? If- I almost promise you it's a three-year. A $27.5 option is is a hell of an option, and this gives the Bills a chance to pick up his option if he becomes an All-Pro or MVP. Look, I think that this was great because if they did not sign him, three three things could have happened. One, if he didn't play well, then 
they, he would have walked away and they would have saved all of this money. Two, if he did play well, then they'd have to probably overpay him the following season. And three, if he did play well, well, maybe they wouldn't have been able to afford him and they would have to let him go in free agency, and that would be even worse. A- absolutely, and I don't think they give him – that's why it, it feels weird. It's almost silly to argue about it because y- you need to see the details. But what I would strongly guess is that the second and third year parts of the deal uh, are going to be – fairly low it'll go down to like 10 or 11 it'll be basically they have the option to pick up a three-year 40 45 50 million dollar contract after that where he's paid like a normal starting quarterback and why wouldn't they do that if he has a good year if he is a little better this year than they than they was the year before that's very similar to the structure of many guys like Kaepernick or or Tannehill or Stafford where you get a lot of money up front and and that's their security if he misses three games again and fails to see Sammy Watkins over in the uh, open over the middle again. I don't think – I think he has to play much better than he did last year. And you know why I think that? Because all offseason, Doug Whaley has said he has a chance to be a franchise That's quarterback. Fair. Not he already is one. And let me just throw another thing out there. So they gave him this money, and they, they got the deal done. But why couldn't you have just had him play under this deal and it, he makes the $3 million or whatever that he was due to make, and then if he lights it up, you renegotiate then, or if you can't get that done, put this franchise tag on it. They've got Stefan Gilmer might need the, the Here, franchise tag. Here's why. Because they had him over a barrel, but it was patently unfair to be paying a starting quarterback with no competition that played played well $3 million, especially when he's pay. not a rookie. But he's, he's a starter. I mean, he is getting paid less than Chad Henney. He's getting paid less than Matt Moore was a couple years ago. And and you got to look at a guy that you got to, at some point, be fair. Imagine if it'd be like us. You know, Think about yourself in a situation like that. You suddenly have your own show on NFL Network every night at 7 o'clock. Seven, and they got you locked in at this low podcast rate. Only you got bronchitis and missed like a fourth <laughs> of the season and then the other half of the games, the other half of the shows, you weren't that good. It's like, I don't, if he's, I get a raise, it's because I feel like I deserve it. Well, I, I think it works for both sides. He, being though. a starter is deserving it. Period. That that that's enough. I mean, he he was okay. I'd take him over Ryan Fitzpatrick. It works I for both too. sides because if he plays well this year, then he's going to get paid, and the organization isn't necessarily overpaying for him. They're paying him a fair amount if he does play well. So it was a goodwill gesture, more that, than anything else. I think that was. I think that was part of it. I think well, they were trying to be fair to him, and I think Wes, you know. I think you're right. He will have to play better. Maybe it, well, we can disagree on what's better or a well, lot better. Which He's going to no, have to take a big step. Which is no small thing because he exceeded expectations Ab- last year. Absolutely. I mean, so, that, people forget that's a top 10 offense last year. Six years. But going back to my point, the second paragraph of the article on NFL.com has six years, 92 million. I need <laughs> all the agents and the GMs and the NFL insiders to get in the same room together and figure this out. You're never going to get the agents to do that. <laughs> no. Let's let's figure it out for the, agents for the want, people. The agents probably confusing. want even more inflated numbers out there. I know, but that's not right. We I, need to it's figure not right. this out. The Bills are doing the right thing here, as Greg suggested. The agents need to do the right thing. All right. Connie Fox, last word is yours. Um, I would like them to have uh, – so I, li- I would like there to be some type of class on the cap 
if that was available, okay. I think that would really help everybody out a little bit. To be like three people signed up for that class. <laughs> I would be in the front row. A class with a binder. Guess what? Cap. I was just going to say, in my car right now, it's just filled with binders. Because when I moved out of my old house, I found a stack of binders. And I kind of felt bad throwing them all away. Binder mobile. I know. I th- I'm like hoarding binders at this point in my car. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it Wasn't it Mitt, Mitt Romney who was impressed with women with lots of binders? I believe it was. That's great. Hubba hubba. <laughs> Mitt Romney. We're going to bring that back. All right. You want to bring back uh, Mitt Romney's binders? <laughs> Binder, bits? <laughs> Binder bits with Mitt Romney. All right. That's what's happening in the news. All right. Let's. Bi- binders full of women. That's what he had. Binders full of women that you would hire. All right, guys. Let's talk about it. Football back on Thursday night. Six games. <laughs> very good. Very good, Sully. And uh, Greg, as I said, uh, or I alluded to, but now I'll say it outright. Greg wrote a banger. What we learned, colon, Broncos QB battle remains tight. And that was the headline of his What We Learned column where we touched on all the games and all the action that happened. So, Greg, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, What was your biggest takeaway starting in Denver, or I should say Chicago? Well, I think that was the game to watch because it's the defending Super Bowl champions with the starting quarterback job up for grabs. So I wanted to see how those guys played. And you saw Mark Sanchez's career in a nutshell in three drives, a perfect <laughs> first drive where he made a lot of nice throws. Probably one of the, the least impressive throws was his 32-yard touchdown because Demarius Thomas was wide open, but he took some big hits. He was decisive. He made good Took decisions. a hit on that sh- uh, throw, right? Yeah, and, and you're, thinking, you're thinking, okay, Sanchez is going to take a big lead. And that's kind of how all the Denver ro- writers uh, you know, said it after the game. I was surprised about that. But the next two drives, bad decision, interception, three and out, and then he's out of the game. And then Trevor Simeon comes in. I, I thought Trevor Simeon looked like uh, kind of a professional quarterback. He looked good. Some pocket presence, a couple nice throws. You, know, you can only take so much from a quarter, but he had them kicking a field goal in three of his four drives, and I came away with that. It was kind of confirming everything you heard about this preseason, that Simeon's a little safer and Sanchez is more up and down. That's what you get with him. Three throws from Trevor Simeon that I loved, and I'm not sure Mark Sanchez can do. He had a skinny post right off the bat where he yep. hits the receiver right in the hands. The beautiful back shoulder that should have been a touchdown to Benny Fowler, but he couldn't pull it in. And then right before the half, rolling out in the pocket right by the sideline, throws a bullet right down the field and puts him in field goal range. I believe the field goal was blocked, but he put him in there. Where was Paxton Lynch in all this? Well, he played the whole second half, and they didn't score offensively in the second half. And he, on a on a, one of his runs and on a couple of his throws, you could see, man, he has a – big arm. I oh, mean, he's got a huge he's arm. He's got a hose, and he's very athletic, but he looked he looked like a rookie that wasn't ready for the big stage yet. You know, he, he held the ball a while, took some sacks, and so it, it kind of all, it all confirmed what the writers who have been watching practices have said. How about that defense, too? I mean, you look at what they did. They had seven sacks in the game, and they didn't have Von Miller, Demarcus Ware, Aqib Tlaib, Chris Harris. I know it's preseason, but they looked so good. I looked at that from the Bears' point of view. They have yeah. major issues at center Yeah, that showed up throughout the game, and David Fales should probably never <laughs> play in the preseason again. Well, right, it really hurts th- them that their guy went down. Right, that's the thing that it's the second, and you're you're watching backups and third, you know, stringers most of the game. Um, but so it's tough to truly evaluate. But the quarterbacks, you know, I think the longer this goes, Kubiak's got to think if Simeon is a little safer, like he's more careful with the ball. Doesn't he have a higher upside? He's a second he's year. Pretty player. athletic too. He right. can move. I liked it. I, I like the idea of Simeon starting, and, and like I, I think there might not be three or four quarterbacks in the league with a stronger arm than Paxton Lynch. 
Like hmm. for the future, he's he's intriguing. Well, yeah, there was one one throw where he threw it all the way across the field on a deep out, and he was all the way on the you know beyond the left hash mark, and he threw it to the right sideline, and you just don't see like Cam Newton makes that throw great, you know Aaron Rodgers makes it, but not a lot of quarterbacks make that throw. All right, let's move on to the um, seventy-five thousand time AFC East champion, <laughs> New England Patriots, who of course are. Uh, preparing to have Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback for the first four weeks of the season. Tom Brady did not play in this game. Uh, Garoppolo did. Uh, didn't do a lot, but didn't do poorly either. Just kind of existed. I can't figure Jimmy Garoppolo out. There are some things he does pretty well. There's nothing that he's terrible at. I wasn't really impressed with his pocket presence. He's never going to throw down the field. It was okay, but it doesn't. I don't feel good about the Patriots with him in the lineup. They also had some issues, too, at receiver. They were missing a lot of the guys out right. there, too. What? Missing their top three receivers, and then probably their biggest takeaway of the game is their their fourth, Malcolm Mitchell, had an he el- looked good. elbow injury, and he looked good. I People, are, by the way, fantasy leaguers getting in on Chris Hogan. There's a reason why he hasn't had any big seasons in his career. He, he's a role player. I think he's going to be a role player for this team. I don't think he's going to well, put up big numbers. There's an assumption, and it's founded in a lot of success that guys have had, that if you go to New England, they – Get bring the best out of you, so that I think that obviously what people are basing it off, but didn't work for Chad Johnson or Joey Galloway. Or but I think a the lot of other I everybody. think the best for him could be you know seven hundred yards, and he's helping a, a great team, and you know, he's and in he's the Brandon LaFell role, right? And he's helping some special teamers. But Malcolm Mitchell to me had a higher ceiling, so that could hurt them. I'm with you on Garoppolo. That's why when I did this watchability rankings uh, piece, looking at the preseason, what teams to watch in the preseason. And I, I didn't want to put the Pats too high because of Garoppolo, just because like, I feel like I've seen Garoppolo in the preseason. I want to see him in the regular season. Yeah. But I'm with you. Um, he doesn't, like, get you going, but I think he could just be good enough that he kind of keep – he doesn't he doesn't don't ruin it. up. Yeah. I think it's good that you guys are even saying this because I don't – I'm not hearing – I think a lot of people are under the assumption that the Patriots are just going to cruise and Garoppolo, because of the pedigree and where he's coming from, he's going to step in the lineup and take care of business. Uh, but we don't really – we still don't have any evidence evidence that the, the guy can play yet. Well, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. On the flip side, <laughs> you have to keep yeah. in mind he wasn't playing with Gronk and Julian Edelman and Amendola. Right, yep. and Nate Solder looked terrible. To me, yeah, that, was a, that was a bigger concern because he's coming off a terrible year last year, uh, and you kind of think he'll bounce back. He's in the middle of his career. I also give the hope that he's going to look better in the regular season. That's the thing about the preseason. It's just it's different football, so I don't know. Maybe he'll react well to playing in, in, in real games, but I've seen him a lot in the preseason. We be remiss if we didn't talk about Michael Thomas. I'm so excited about Michael Thomas. Let's hear it, High five, baby. All right, let's do let's that. Hear it. What That's what you... I was so excited Missing watching him. <laughs> See, I'm stepping right in. But just thank God the Saints have somebody else that can catch passes on that team because Drew Brees last year, he threw for so many yards, but he was throwing to like Brandon Cooks and who else? Benjamin Watson? Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed, yeah. So this guy, he really looks like he could be good. Now this might be one of those preseason hives where he gets drafted too high in fantasy and people think he's going to be really great, but he was the fourth option out there right. last night and he's going to be higher than that. Well, in he's confirming that's what you like out of the preseason. It's kind of like how people treat the combine for the draft. You kind of want to see it confirm what you think about a player. And Michael Thomas has been among the buzziest players in the league. And so for him to have a couple big highlight reel grabs and four catches and big production, I I think it's taken them so long to get a nice young nucleus around Drew Brees again. And now they have it because Cooks is good and, and, 
Brandon Coleman doesn't need to have a big role. Sneed's a good player. Like they have a great little running, a great running back group. It's a nice offense around Breeze now. Uh, my, oh, go ahead, go ahead. My takeaway from Michael Thomas was he's. They've been saying all along he's going to step right into the Marcus Colston role, and for years Marcus Colston was the biggest slot receiver in the NFL. Michael Thomas is making these plays down the sideline oh, deep. He's, he's playing outside the numbers. Yeah, he looks like a much more explosive player than uh, Colston is. Big update. Grossest sports injuries power rankings. Oh. Wow, this is an update from a few years ago, I think. Last August, actually, in fact. Uh, Last year's ranking, dislocated elbow, which uh, poor Malcolm Mitchell suffered, of Mm -hmm. course, on Thursday night. Uh, Last year, ranked number five, dislocated elbow. Oh. It is flipping spots with number four last year, collapsed slash punctured lung. Oh, God. So punctured lung uh, drops to five. The top three remain the same. Number three, ruptured Achilles tendon. Number two, muscle torn from bone. Number one, compound fracture. This is disgusting. Compound fracture, you know, dominant in that number one. So Katie Ledecky-like. Oh. (laughs) Yes, dude. Yeah, no. Okay, moving on. Carson Wentz. Let's talk a little Wentz. Mark Sessler wrote about Wentz, uh, uh, his debut with the Eagles, the number two overall pick in the draft, of course. Um, Workmanlike showed some things, according to Mark. One thing that jumped out to me, guys, and I don't know if uh, you guys got a chance to watch Wentz yet, but uh, Pro Football Focus noted that he had a 0.0 passer rating of uh, dropbacks under pressure. So, uh, you know, that's a that's a classic thing that rookies have to deal with and all quarterbacks, but obviously another work in progress there. I kind of wish Mark was here because I don't want to pick on him, but I saw a different game than he saw when I read what he wrote. He saw a guy with a lot of talent and athletic ability. I saw that too, but I saw a guy whose mechanics are a mess. Mm. His footwork is awful. It reminds me of Blake, or, um, Blake Bortles. from Blake Bortles' August of his rookie year played really well because Jordan Palmer had worked with his mechanics, but Tom House, the great quarterback guru, has always said every game of the year a quarterback – loses 1% of his mechanics. And I think Blake Bortles probably lost 5% every game his rookie year. That's what Wentz looked like to me. Well, Major they, footwork the, the pass protection was so bad, though, that it was tough. He had Even when he was standing in, his it, footwork was like Cam Newton's footwork. There was only a couple plays where he, in, in Mayock at one point, Mike Mayock, who was announcing the game, really asked for it. He wanted to see him just stand in there and throw a ball from the pocket where he had a second to throw it. There was only a couple throws I got. Now, they weren't that accurate. That was what worried me more. But he's more like Jake Locker where he's better throwing on the run. I talked to a GM who said that when he was evaluating both him and um, Golf and some of the other quarterbacks, he said that he was really impressed with Carson Wentz's mind, that he's really, really smart, and he's one of the smartest quarterbacks he ever met and talked to. But he said that his accuracy, especially on deep balls, is really off and really needs to improve. I think it'll Does be he a, know where the sun rises? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be a few years air? before we see a yeah, 60% air. completion rate out of Carson Wentz. See, I, I think we should be very – I think we got to be hesitant. Like, I, I really held off even tweeting something about him because I didn't want to have a hot take off of – a couple quarters. But I think mechanics are different. Right, but it, you don't know what's going through his mind. Like, it, like everything going through these guys' mind at this point is different than it will be even in a month. I get and, that. And that can And that I think he change. has a bright future. I think he's he's got a lot of Big Ben. He's got a lot of Andrew Luck and Blake Bortles to his game. But I think if you look at his mechanics, you can see that it's going to be a long process. See, when I, I, watched that, I, I watched him and I thought Cam Newton. I, That's what I thought, because, too. Cam Newton's because, not a 60% thrower either. No, because his – first of all, his rookie uh, preseason, if we wanted to bring it back to that, 
people were losing their minds because he looked terrible and he was inaccurate and he didn't look like the speed of the game looked too much for him. And then he showed up in week one and he played, he played well. He had a nice rookie season, but he could make an unblocked defender miss. I mean, he's so athletic. You could see, you could see the arm strength. He, he got beat up and, and he like Cam Newton. He just kind of like, he'll get beat up and just stand there and take it almost maybe to a fault. We'll have to see. I think we're agreeing here. Yeah, no, we are. Yeah, that he's are. got he's got a major upside, but he's raw. And Cam Newton still, until the last eight games of last year, was never a, a really good passer. Um, yeah. One other quarterback from that game, by the way, I was watching it downstairs before we came up. You know, we we hear about this guy every every off season. Uh, ooh, where's Mike Lennon going? Where's he going? Oh, <laughs> such a stud. Uh, you want to talk about bad footwork? Every throw I saw and was watching downstairs, he's throwing off his back foot through a terrible interception. Mike Lennon. Both it of is the reason he hasn't been traded yet. It's better off him just being the backup that everybody talks about. <laughs> there, there has to, that's the ceiling. There has to be a level of con- – it's it's only the preseason. You can't you get, get too carried away. But I, I think the Eagles' offensive line, which we talked about last show, there, there's got to be a little bit of concern that they, really don't, that they don't have depth at tackle, that it's a big drop-off with Lane Johnson out, and that showed up. Ten games, too. And, and I think Tampa should be excited. And, again, it's just – it's just a preseason, but Noah Spence has earned a starting job right off the bat, and he looks like their pass rush. Pass rush. He looks like he's going to be a good player. Robert Ayers, who people at Twitter, a couple of guys on Twitter were like, "Oh, Robert Ayers, he had one good year." Robert Ayers has been good for a few years. So Robert Ayers, Spence, and McCoy—that's three good players. And Levante David, if he gets back to being Levante David, suddenly uh, that Bucks defense pretty good. By the way, did you hear the uh, crowd go wild for Wentz when he came in? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. I think they, <laughs> I think their receivers might be it. You know, if when Jordan Matthews isn't on the field, that's the worst receiver group in, it's in the terrible. league. It's not even close. Chase, right? Chase Daniel looked terrible. The LA Rams are like, what about us? No, I mean that's what I mean. No. If you take Matthews off the field, it's not even close. They're, they're, they were like, getting excited about Ruben Randall. They, they really need Aguilar, uh, Aguilar to step up, and there's been no indication just from the reports and in, in Mayock talking, for instance, last night that he's going to. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the Washington Redskins at Atlanta Falcons. And, Greg, you uh, had a little bit of concern about the backfield there. Matt Jones and Keith Marshall had seven carries and did not get a single yard. Yeah, you don't want to get too crazy. It was more their offensive line guy. I like that, Greg, you're offering that qualifier every single time. Well, Got it. We're with, we're with okay, you. Okay, okay. <laughs> but we're talking about the games. Yeah. So. Yeah, I wanted to see Keith Marshall because we, we've heard about him, and you know he had negative yard on five carries. There was no room for him or Matt Jones uh, to run. But I'd like to flip it the other way and just give some credit to the Falcons' defense. I like that young uh, linebacker uh, duo of uh, Jones and Devondre Campbell. Uh, that, they're suddenly a faster, a faster group, and those guys are going to start. And they're just going to look different. And you have Keanu Neal in the back. It's just it's something to watch that they suddenly got these speedy guys that they think can play right away. And they've been talked up a lot in camp. And again, it was confirmed. They had a great game and they were flying around the field. That was my main takeaway from this game. Deion Jones and Devondre Campbell, the two rookie linebackers, mm-hmm. because Brooks Reed and Paul Warlow are decent starters. But you're going to have a below average defense if those guys are in your lineup. If Deion Jones and Devondre Campbell have a chance to start and be an improvement as rookies, like Greg said, they're going to be a lot faster. Matt Schaub looked good, everybody. I oh, they got <laughs> who the knew that the backup quarterback <laughs> Matt Schaub to Aldrich Robinson deep ball is the is the most effective play of the night. Greg I, was like pitching himself <laughs> when we were watching it uh, downstairs. I literally was trash talking Wes, and Wes wasn't even in the office. <laughs> I was like, Schaub's throwing that to stick it in your eye, Wes. It's like he's back. He's been working on that shoulder. I don't know. One of those throws. No question, his arm is stronger than it was two years ago in Raiders camp. Yeah. 
But that happens. Not even sticking in your ear, sticking in his eye. Right in his eye. Ouch. <laughs> That's when you're really sticking it to someone. Oh. Um, all right. Let's uh, talk about uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who um, knocked off the defending NFC champion Carolina Panthers 22-19 at M&T Bank Stadium, guys. No. But <laughs> – Terrence West, who um, you know, people are bullish about this guy in this room, uh, he looked very good in this game, um, had some uh, moments where he looked explosive, scored twice. Wes, you're excited. Well, I want to see the next two weeks, but he's still on track. He looked better than his numbers would suggest. I thought he hit, he was very decisive, put one foot in the ground, got upfield. Uh, I thought he was the best, the most impressive running back I saw Thursday night. Hmm. That's a bold statement, but yeah, that makes sense. He had about three or four runs that were really good. I mean, again, it was it, it it's continuing a theme. A guy that that's lit up camp, lighting up the preseason, showed some power. I also like Kenneth Dixon. Me too. Big guy, uh, downhill, broke tackles on three or four runs. There was a run in the fourth quarter, and this is where it's tricky because you're playing against third teamers. But a big guy in the hole with some quick feet that made people miss, and I and I suddenly thought, you know what, the Ravens are fine at running back. I think they're going to feel like they're fine between West and you have Dixon as a guy on, on the goal line that you'll probably work in, and who knows what Forsett's going to give you, and you're fine. Buck Those Allen. Buck Allen is, should yeah. be there. Buck Allen is the best wide receiver or best receiver in that group. He's just a much better receiver than runner. Yeah, and it can only help Joe Flacco, too, coming off that injury to have such a nice deep backfield. Mm. Well, I mean, I, makes me think Forsett's not – there's a chance Forsett doesn't make the team then, depending on how healthy he is, because if I, you've got two young guys playing that well – Although John Harbaugh said he looked like Justin Forsett pre-injury, and you know Harbaugh's been effusive in his praise of Forsett, he didn't even play, which suggests he's locked in. But we'll see. I thought it stood out that the depth in the backfield compared to Carolina, which if Jonathan Stewart goes down, they're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, finally, let's head to the Meadowlands where the New York Jets open their uh, preseason slate against the Jaguars, and it was the one-year anniversary <laughs> of the punch. Uh, I.K. and Impali knocking out Geno Smith. Geno on the field actually gets booed by his home fans for uh, when he throws a couple in- incompletions to start, but, you know. Oh, great. great great job, Jets fans, booing the guy who gets punched punched out that was your starting quarterback. He was never the starting quarterback, <laughs> you know, going into last season. He's the he was. He was he the was. favorite. He was the favorite. What? You know, who he's cares? been a starting quarterback. Point is, and you tweeted. He's, he's, has, he's, he's already had a much better career than Christian Hackenberg or Bryce what? Petty ever will, and what? they're booing the crap out of him, and they probably love those guys. There's no nothing. There's no much better career than anyone. He's been terrible. <laughs> Greg's still on this hill. You'll die on this hill. This is what Greg wrote, and is, is what we learned, in fact, which I actually enjoyed it. Uh, after Actually, getting booed, he bounced back to throw a go-ahead 17-yard touchdown because that's what Geno Smith does. That had to be tongue-in-cheek, right? What do you mean? Like he's like known as some type of warrior in the face of adversity? You know, sometimes you you uh, have little running jokes to yourself. Okay. Every every okay. time every time I write about Geno Smith on our website, I allude to his greatness. Okay, I make sure. All right, now I'm with you. Now I liked it. Uh, and the other side of the ball, Allen Robinson stud uh, looked amazing. And D. Milner is going to have nightmares. Uh, tr- I couldn't even get mad at D. Milner. He misplayed one ball on a, on a deep ball where he could have probably played it more aggressively. But in general, Allen Robinson didn't look like he could be covered. Marquise Lee made an amazing catch down the sideline. Blake Bortles was spinning it. That offense looked really good. I loved their first-team offense. Blake, Blake Bortles seemed more in control than he did last year, too. And then the Ivory yelled in tag team. It's good when Ivory doesn't have to carry the ball 15 to oh, 20 Oh, this is times. the best time for Ivory. You, yeah. 
from now till November, <laughs> you're going to get one of the best running backs well, in the league. They signed him with the right idea. Don't make him your workhorse. Make him a, a committee back. I, I like everything about this offense. And I think it was the right idea for Yeldon, too, who's good but not great. You know, right. I don't think you need to give him 350 touches. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, back to the Jets QBs, Ryan Fitzpatrick knocked the rust off a little bit there, threw a touchdown, didn't have a turnover, so that was good to see. I think that this year I'm pretty high on them too. I think that they looked really good yesterday. Yeah, they did. They, I mean, they the Jets' defense looked like butt. They couldn't yeah. – they could not stop that first team. Um, so, yeah, I mean – I've been vocal as let me see Blake Bortles really put it all together and uh, he led the league in interceptions last year. But what I saw yesterday, that was pretty scary. You got to be excited if you're uh, a Jags fan. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show. All right. So there you go. Good recap of Thursday's action. Uh, when we come back uh, the next show on Monday, we will talk about uh, the rest of the games uh, from the weekend. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. Uh, let's move on now, guys, and talk about ESPN's QB rankings. I think they had a fancy title for it. Should I respect them and find out what the fancy title is? Sando's Day of Dominance. The QB tier rankings. QB tier rankings. Thank you. And that's a great way to get into it, Connie Fox, because let me break down the tiers. They break it into uh, four tiers, uh, and these are what the tiers were. Tier one, quarterbacks can carry their teams week after week and contend for championships without as much help and only three quarterbacks in that tier uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, what a cop-out. Tied for first. Big Ben, <laughs> number three. And I believe Big Ben uh, moves up to the first tier from the second tier last year. And it, it's important. This, again, is coming from coaches and front office officials. Mm. Uh, and they have only three guys viewed as the cream of the crop. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on that? Well, I love this late career appreciation of just how good Ben Roethlisberger is. And it it took him getting the right coach and talent and stats where I I really think he's been close to this type of tier throughout his career, that he's been that good. And they've had different offenses. He's gotten even better. And and that's kind of my my takeaway looking at that tier. My takeaway was just reading the comments. You know, last year, I remember at the end of the year, Greg and I would tweet how great Big Ben was playing. And people would point to his interceptions. Mike Sando said every out of the 42 coaches and executives he talked to, there wasn't one complaint about his interceptions because they knew how well he was throwing the ball, that he can make any throw on the field. And here's a quote from a quarterback's coach. He is a stud. He does some <laughs> that is just off the map. Right. There are some things that fall apart, and he gets off schedule, and that guy just makes plays. He has a hose. He is huge. <laughs> he is so hard to bring down. He is competitive. He is gritty. He is smart. We played him this past year, and our defense struggled that day because of him. That guy can win for you every week. Can I throw out – and I love Big Ben as well, but <laughs> one bit of, uh, you know, uh, what you would call it? Uh, uh, devil's advocate. Advocate. Oh, eggs. wow. Devil's eggs. eggs. It's Friday. It's the hat. It's the hat. It is the hat. Uh, his splits last year, he was very mortal without Martavis Bryant uh, statistically last year. Uh, that will hurt him. I mean, as good as he is, that guy was a superstar, breakout superstar, not going to happen for the entire year. If you're saying that Tier 1 is can carry his team each week and the team wins because of him, why isn't Cam Newton in there based on what he was able to do last year? I think the key word, part of their description for Tier 1 was consistency. And okay. their complaint was in the first half of the season, he was a poor passer. 
It wasn't until the second half of the season that he started passing better than 55%. He could be at the top of this list if he does what he did last year in the second half. And I think that's what everybody would agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Tier 2. And just so you guys know, uh, two quarterbacks from last year on this list dropped out of that Tier 1, Drew Brees and Andrew Luck. Mm. Here's Tier 2, uh, which is 4 through 15. And this should make us all proud at the Around the NFL podcast, who was the, uh, the last guy in Tier 2. <laughs> Cam Newton, uh, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Philip Rivers, eight. Eli Manning, sorry, Wes, nine. Carson Palmer, ten. Tony Romo, Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, 14, interesting, and Andy Dalton, 15. Uh, Colleen, who jumps out at you on that list for either uh, not belonging or should have been higher or what? Well, I thought that I know last year was just sort of an anomaly for Andrew Luck, but – I'm not sure about his placement on here. I I would actually put him maybe a little bit lower. Would you put him in tier three? No, 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 not tier okay. three, but just maybe I maybe move him down a little bit on the list. Well, I should say what the tier is. What I tier would put him is. higher. Tier two QBs are really. This yes. is a quote: less consistent and need more help, but good enough to figure prominently into a championship equation. That means the people they talked to uh, were really bothered by Andrew Luck's season last year. Because Carson Palmer, well, I know that... he's still seventh, though. That's pretty high. I would put Carson Palmer a little bit higher, and maybe that would move Andrew Luck down a little bit lower. It really... The way Carson Palmer played in the postseason, I know, hurts him a lot, but And he, that's what most of the negative comments came from, from the executive. And that makes sense. But the reason they were so... A huge part of the reason why they were so successful was Carson Palmer. Well, let's unpack, Wes, you saying that luck you would have him higher. So who on the list would you rank him ahead of that he is below? I would take him over Cam Newton, over Drew Brees. So both of those guys. I would have uh, Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson. Higher, to, higher too. Hmm. But here's one quote from Andrew that's, Luck. That's bold. No, I mean, it's not bold. I mean, you're, you're agreeing with everyone else. I'm writing off last year as an injury-prone disaster. It doesn't even factor into the equation to me, so I understand and it, you're not it does factor into other people. I get that. And you're not factoring the, the buzz around his camp this year that he's been a little up and down, which has been out there. Well, I, I'm, I've told you before, I don't really know if beat writers can are qualified to really weigh in on that stuff. Okay. But here's one GM's quote. I'm much higher on Andrew Luck than a lot of people because I think the problem with Andrew Luck is all that surrounding him sucks so bad, including their defense, that it impacts him as a player. There are days I want to put him as a one, but I will go high, high two right now. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. But and I don't I think he's about in the right spot. I probably I probably have him maybe below Rivers, but that's about it. Um, so I wouldn't change him too much. But I, I think, for instance, a Drew Brees, it makes sense right now that he's ahead of him because you have seen Drew Brees with a lot of things wrong around him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't ha- he's had some seasons where he's thrown more interceptions like like Andrew Luck does. And he's had some seasons better than others. But you don't have him have the type of stretch that Andrew Luck ever did. And that's even before Andrew Luck uh, reported injuries last year. And I was about to get fired up about Matthew Stafford at 14, and perhaps you could argue that Dalton should be ahead of him or Stafford should be way lower on this list. But it does speak to, again, the Dalton scale or the Dalton Mm. line. Oh, that's so true. And the drop-off, because here we go. Let's move to – I'm really surprised, let's just say it, that Stafford's that high. I mean, aren't aren't you guys surprised that Stafford would crack that that tier? Well, that's what I'm saying. The the comments from the people who – were interviewed was basically 
he was inconsistent for several years because the coaching was so bad, and they really like what Jim Bob Cooter did with him. Mm. Coots. It is incredible. Uh, Go Vols. What, what Jim Bob Cooter <laughs> did. Can he do it again? Cooter. All right, so here's tier three. Uh, this is labeled as quarterbacks who are good enough to start but need lots of support, making it tougher to contend at the highest level. And you could argue Matthew Stafford this far in deserves to be in that class potentially as well. That's but where I'd put him. Here is tier three. Number 16, Derek Carr, 17, Jameis Winston, Alex Smith, Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins, number 20, Jay Cutler, 21, Blake Bortles, 22, Teddy Bridgewater, 23, Ryan Tannehill, 24, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 25, Tyrod Taylor, 26, Brock Osweiler, 27, and rounding out that list, (laughs) Sam Bradford, right on the edge at number 28. Mm. Colleen, your thoughts? I was actually just going to look up to see what tier four meant because I think a lot of these guys belong in tier four, and I'm not really sure why. You want me to tell you what tier four? Yeah, what what does that mean? Tier four is typically (laughs) typically reserved for unproven starters or those who might not be expected to last in the lineup all season. Hmm. Voters use the fifth tier sparingly. Interesting. Okay, because how can you how can you really assess Brock Osweiler just on the sample size? How can you really put him in tier three? I think because under those um, qualifications, he is going to last in the lineup this season, and he's seen as a long-term option, even if he hasn't done jack to deserve that. mm -hmm. Well, here's who thought it. John Elway did, and Rick Smith thought he was that much because both of those guys were ready to make him, you know, big-time franchise quarterback offers. He he was going to be a 16-game starter, and he's at the very bottom of it. It's tough. I think you have to keep in mind what this is really grading, which is a snapshot of right now. Mm-hmm. It's not who they would want to have. I don't think necessarily Mariota would be right next to Kirk Cousins on on the on a want to have list, but it's where he's at in his development. And I I found it interesting. Winston is up there at 17, a couple spots ahead of Mariota, ahead of Kirk Cousins. I like that because I'm a Winston believer. I have two major issues with this tier. Marcus Mariota is way too low. And so is Blake Bortles. Yeah. And here's a quote about Mariota from a personnel director. The games he played, you watch him, he has poise. He can run. He's a very good athlete. He can make all the throws. You just see a composed player. Coverages kind of got him at times. He tried to force things. But those things are fixable. He is going to be a top five quarterback in the next few years. Totally agree. I I tend to agree and think he has a good chance to do that. And yet, man – I think there's a lot of people in and around the league or whatever that just believe that Mike Malarkey is going to ruin him. I don't think that we're like some skeptical jerks that are just like taking pot shots at Mike Malarkey. I think he's in a bad situation right now, and it's going to be tough. And that's not Mariota's fault. It shouldn't. Can I offer a rejoinder? Please. It's absolutely the right thing to do to establish a strong running game and a dominant offensive line and protect Mariota from getting hit like he did last year when Ken Wisenhunt went calling the plays. Well, let's see if they can accomplish any of that. Well, that's their plan. I think it's a, they they got the right bodies this offseason to do that. Uh, I understand the skepticism about the play calling and scheme, I guess, but I think that's a smart thing to do to, to get a strong running game and develop him and not have him taking hits. I mean, some, some of the, the, the numbers of Mike Malarkey's offenses i saw uh chris brown at smart football tweet out i think his last five times he's been in charge of an offense they rank 27th or lower in in football outsiders offense Some, well, something to that effect he's playing 1980s football I guess. right and he, he literally is on the record saying this isn't a passing league this year 
Well, look, the San Francisco 49ers and Seattle Seahawks have succeeded with that mentality, as have the Carolina Panthers. I think it really stinks, too, for Sam Bradford. I know that we always (laughs) sort of rip on him, but still – He's never really played with a great offensive line. He's never had a great weapon to throw to, and he's gotten hurt. So it's like he really is a tease, and that's what Sando talks about in his article. Mm. Well, he's also never played well. No. It, this tier, just looking at <laughs> – Well, his rookie year, he had some moments, right? Yeah, also, Austin, no, I Austin always, Davis came in in his first three games and did things Sam Bradford never did I always with thought, the same personnel. I always thought his rookie of the year was one of the most overrated seasons of the last five years. He got that rookie of the year. He was okay. I think it was his third year. He had a bad injury second year. It was He was solid in his third year. This tier, though, gets me thinking, like, I, I don't know if we have to change how we think about – how good quarterbacks are or not. But, I mean, these are mostly pr- guys we think of as pretty good quarterbacks, pretty good numbers at the 24th spot. I mean, we got Blake Bortles and Bridgewater. Well, this is why – Hill's putting up numbers. It's like you have to recalibrate because everyone gets good numbers now. That's This is why every November when there's injuries and everybody's talking about how can you not find 32 people who can play qu- – quarterbacks is deep now as it's ever been. You could have the same complaints in the late, late 90s – 1980s or mid 1990s there aren't there aren't 32 great quarterbacks but there's 25 pretty good ones and I don't have a problem you say 25 number 25 on the list is my boy Ryan yeah it's fine it's fine in fact a head coach said of Ryan Fitzpatrick he was with Chan Gailey and Chan is good if he leaves Chan he needs to get back to Harvard and redo that degree <laughs> Chan has been a football lifesaver that's all true that's all true and I think but and this is also and this is why Greg no, coach has to mention Harvard. That's like yeah, well, the go to move. This is and this is why your boy Gino got booed is because Ryan Fitzpatrick is a mensch. He's a great dude. This is oh, what Ryan God. said when asked about being number twenty five. Let's say each team puts their top three quarterbacks out there. Thirty two teams, ninety six quarterbacks. He said, and you line us all up there in shorts and you put and you put ski masks on us and have us throw. I'm going to be in the ninetieth or lower percentile. I'm sure. But I almost pride myself on that because I'm not a combine guy. I'm not a guy that got recruited out of high school. I'm not a guy that was a first-round pick. I'm not a coveted free agent. I'm just the guy that comes in, <laughs> works my tail off, and tries to do my job. What a great answer. Wow. Uh, that's why we wanted him back because we love the Can guy. we do like a little round of applause Surpri- for him? <laughs> Surprised he didn't uh, mention growing up in a coal town. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, I grew up in a coal town. Yeah, you know that? I've heard that. It what? wasn't easy. I'll tell you that. What was the name of it? What Pearl you guys- River, New York. I feel like we uh, – Town of friendly people. <laughs> so not a coal town from what I've heard, no. by the way. Uh, Kirk Cousins, any thoughts on uh, 20th on this? I feel like we have to talk. Kirk. 20th because he made he's making $20 million this year. Makes sense to me. Oh, yeah. Bang. <laughs> I don't know. Feels – who's a – Here's a quote. Here's a quote. Personnel, pro personnel director, in my opinion, he's kind of a manager. If you get after him and hit him, I don't know if he rises to that challenge yet. He has to prove it to me this year. I don't think he can do it by himself. That's fair, dog. I would definitely put Ooh, him Oh, a up. defensive coordinator likened him to Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit. I, that sounds – I think that's a good one. Well, I would put him lower than Fitzpatrick Cutler. Fitzpatrick takes more chances. Cutler and Bortles, certainly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, things change in the NFL very quickly. Just another reminder. Um Peyton Manning was in Tier 1 last year. Hmm. Nick Foles was in Tier 3 last year. Oh, my God. Uh, Cam Newton was number 14 on this list last year. Uh, wow. So things change. Things change. And finally, that last tier, uh, which is the really – this is the super depressing tier. Colin Kaepernick, once viewed as the future of the quarterback position, 
uh, now number 29, Blaine, Blaine Gabbert. Ooh, it's going to be a rough year in San Francisco. Uh, his his competition uh, in San Francisco at quarterback number 30. Mark Sanchez, 31, who may be the starting quarterback of the defending Super Bowl champions. RG3, the Browns quarterback. Uh, he, the uh, fiery meteor heading towards Berea, number 32. And good thing Mark's not here. And number 33, <laughs> the worst quarterback uh, on this list, Case Keenum, who might be the, the week starter. one starter <laughs> as the Rams try to get a foothold back in Los Angeles. That's why Jeff Fisher is in a bad situation. Got a first round tender as a restricted free agent. That's some seven to nine bull. <laughs> 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 All right. Good stuff, guys. Good talk. See, Greg, you were a little nervous about that. You know, was it I wasn't going to work as a all. sag? I wasn't at all. It was fun. It's always fun talking about Now you're just making up. Uh, was he a little bit nervous about the sag, Wes? I don't know what was going on with Greg today. I wasn't, off. I wasn't nervous. Are you distracted? There were by two something? things. I hadn't seen all the writing of it, so I wanted to, but I don't have ESPN Insider. Second of all, I was distracted because Katie Shikori was saving match points to make the Olympic <laughs> semifinals. Way to go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Got a Dean scream? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Congrats, Greg. That's big. It's a big win. You could have wore a hat today, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Do you want some of my red tr- I'm in trouble right now. Have I ever seen Greg with a hat on? No. By the way, Greg's not a hat guy. Is that Redkin still in the Now studio? Uh, No, they removed it almost immediately. I wear hats all the time. No, I think it was in there for like at least a week or two. We're not really a respected entity. Weekend mornings. I thought thought you you hid it underneath the couch. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know where it is. It's just gone now. Yeah. Okay. Um, DJ was was, uh, maybe thinking about stealing it, swiping it. uh, He could use it. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> DJ shouldn't just cruise. Shots. Uh, we won't talk shots. about Sully's comments from the other day when DJ put out a picture on Twitter. What oh was it? yeah, Sully threw our whole podcast under the bus. No, really? I didn't. What'd oh. you do? This is awesome. I, I, I just, I just, he. See, it was, it was, see? <laughs> yeah. No, just, I'm, just, I'm, trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of what, what Flop, exactly. Flop the, sweat. The, I'm yeah. trying to think. Of, no, the, remember, no sweating with this. Sure. Um, <laughs> what did you say, slime ball? <laughs> no. <laughs> There, I'm trying to think of the exact gifts that were used, but it was oh, it was, it was the Phelps uh, reference gift. to Phelps. Yep, yeah, right. It was he the said, Phelps gift. When you uh, open up, move the sticks, and it's an ATN promo, and then I uh, uh, oh yeah, tweeted back. Ah, yeah, I yeah, saw that. that. It was Snoop Dogg saying uh, 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 I like that or something okay. along those lines. Yeah, that was that was great. Was yeah, one, so. yeah, it was, um, that good great. talk. Good talk. Yeah, <laughs> great story. Yeah, round of applause <laughs> for myself. Oh, no. Well, it was nice having you here, Sully. <laughs> Thanks, Even guys. It, it was it was a good time. You are a delight, Sully. It's oh, like sorry. siding with Robert E. Lee in the Civil War. Uh, <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, oh, Lordy. We will be back. Oh, I'm so, I was probably hit too close to home. Mr. Volunteer. <laughs> From the South now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we will be back on Monday. Uh, Colleen, thank you very much. You've done it. Yeah. Again. It's great. You've done it again. Everyone, no, no one doubted you, but everyone's like, she's been away for a while. Will she be able to sit back in the chair? And it was a last minute thing. Last minute thing. You know, you're like the backup that has to get off the bench and start throwing and getting warm real quick. Right. And you did it. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Thank you very much. No problem. We all thank you. Greg? I mean, the the Marley shirt, she just 
Said it. Says it all. Now you can. Thank you for coming on your off day. You can now do some Bob Marley things. I'm gonna go listen to his music. Music. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. We'll be back on Monday with another episode. So make sure you check it out. This is Dana Hansa signing off for Connie Fox, the mailman, the boss, and Sully, the turncoat behind the glass. (laughs) Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.